Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event. Welcome everybody to Monk If You Love Wrestling Podcast. Introducing first. They got accompanied by his best friend from wherever, Wayne, whatever, freshly squeezed. And now, the best in the world, Mr. Rizzo. Welcome to the Honk If You Love Wrestling Podcast. This week, TBZ and myself, Mr. Rizzo, discuss the subjective art form of professional wrestling with our friend Joe Perez. We talk about some NXT, surprise returns, and AEW's Wrestle Dream. Let's start the show. All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, all you honkers out there. I am your co-host, TBZ, and we're going to talk some wrestling. Yes, I'm excited. Joe. And that's the one thing I didn't clear about, like, before we hit the record button. Was it was it Joe? Was it Joe P? Was there another nickname you wanted to use? I, call I me anything, have... but don't call me late for dinner. We're good. <laughs> Aha, I like it, I like it, I like it. So, so yes, Joe, you're going to talk about some wrestling with us. How you doing, sir? I am doing absolutely fantastic. How you find, gentlemen, this evening? I'm doing all right. All right. I'm, I'm getting beat down by... Uh... By my video game uh, obsession lately, Overwatch. Uh, I don't want to talk about uh, video yes. games. I'm depressive about video games. <laughs> last I'm getting I there. Realized that I don't have the right system to play the two video games that I want to buy, and I'm like, I'm just gonna wait for my birthday and Christmas, and I'll buy. I know, them, and then I'll be playing. So I'm like, the fact I'm just not playing video games is why I'm depressed. Not I know, I know someone you can buy a PS4 off of. <laughs> That's cool. I need the new. I need. Can I? Can I play si- the new Cyberpunk on a PS4? I don't know. Can you? Like no. I actually didn't check. No, yeah, you see, straight up. You straight up cannot. Yeah, see. See, that's that's what hurt what me. What was with the my Xbox too? I don't know. I'd have to go back and check. I'll get back to you, Mister Rizzo. Just yeah, buy a damn um, system, all right, man. I will. I just moved. I spent a lot of money. I can't be dropping another like six, seven hundred dollars on just a random game system when I might be able to play three hours a week. So well, like, I feel I'll get there. I'm not saying I'm not going to waste the money when I can. I'm just saying right now I need a couple months. That's, that's well, I feel like a terrible gamer because I still have Tears of the Kingdom to finish out there. And it's been staring at me and I'm like, I'll get to you maybe. Or maybe I'll just go get my heart broken by Overwatch. So play I'm working my way back to that. I got to walk away from Overwatch is the whole point here. So enough video games. That's just that's how no, I'm wait, doing. We can't. We can't get away from Joe. What about you? What are you playing? What's what's getting you gone with the games right now? I mean, I'm behind on everything. I got sucked back into Cyberpunk. Uh, I still haven't finished Tears of the Kingdom. I still haven't finished Bayonetta three. Still haven't finished Jedi Survivor. Uh, I I just wind up bouncing in and out. Time is a precious commodity uh, of which Certainly whenever is. I'm whenever I sit down to play a video game, I feel like there's a million other things I could be doing. Well, unless you Indeed. multitask like I do with the two TV setup. There's usually 14 hours of wrestling promotion uh, of content from just two companies out there. So yeah, there's really not enough time to do anything else. So I completely understand. And that was my that was my nice transition back into the wrestling from the from the video games. But yeah, so what do you want to want to start talking about with uh, with the uh, wrestling? This being our first episode in season two, why don't we mix it up and start off with WWE and talk? Some, I like this. Some this WWE. is called season two. I love yeah. the fact that it's. We're like a bit. Our podcast is like a chapter in Fortnite. 
I love it. I love it. There you go. But also mainly because I, I don't know, I don't have as much to talk about in WWE. They didn't have a pay-per-view like AEW did, so which yeah, we will be reviewing later. Five hours of content. I'm sorry. You know what? And they're it's only covering theme. that five hours of content. It's not it's that a they theme for me complaining about how much wrestling there is. And the only issue is just because I'm not off and don't get paid to watch all of it. And that's the only issue that I have. You just got to make a hard line in the sand like me, brother, man. Like WWE, we're going to talk about it here. It's getting it's getting on that point where it's like, I've seen this all before in the 1990s. I'm, I'm Gucci. I'm going to watch some AEW instead. <laughs> See something Ditto. new, something fresh, something exciting. <laughs> well, yeah, it just this past month and or so. I mean, who knows now? Time just is flying by in a blink. So many pay per views just hopping, but uh, it just WWE yeah, in general. It's fun stuff. Uh, just singing the same song and dance, really. Like Alpha Academy is fighting Imperium. Uh, Kofi Kingston's fighting Ivar. I think I saw them advertise that a Vikings rules matches down the pipeline. I was like, you know what? We didn't need another one of these. Like, yeah, but I mean, a lot of a lot of it makes sense, right? Like, a lot of this this is the quote unquote stability portion of WWE's uh, programming regime, and they kind of have to because they're just going through that they're going through that merger with Endeavor. Um, they're merging companies and figuring out personnel. And so what do you do during that? You don't try something new and exciting. You go with the old standard to kind of keep the status quo going because you know, people will still watch it. And the people that didn't see it before will, you know, hopefully be entertained by it. It'll be something new, something fresh, which is also my theory on why the bloodline storyline has kind of gone nowhere. (laughs) Yeah. We're in that filler phase. Well, I think they originally wanted it to end when it was supposed to, but then the, the Endeavor deal popped down and they don't want to take the title off of Reigns yet because it's Endeavor stability. Doesn't? Yeah. Because hmm. he's the face of the company. Why putting it on somebody else right now is generally probably a bad idea. Oh, for sure. Because what's Roman going to do after that? He's done. For at least a while, right? Like he's yeah. a well-deserved break because he's been he's been active for a very long time since coming back. Well, right. So if you're buying a product where you want Roman, you don't want to be like, oh, we bought him. Now he's out. (laughs) Yeah. Mr. Rizzo. It's kind of like he he's already the full time slash part time wrestler. So you're correct with him not having the belt. He's just going to be even more part time. Like you're Mm -hmm. not going to think about him in storyline without having the belt and the face of some company or storyline that had enough legs that you're hoping more random people are trying to come in and watch it and your analogy what you're talking about before i throw it back to you joe was just like i think it's the attitude of what network or like what they still have for national radio like every time they come back from the commercial it's like well most people aren't still aren't new are new to this we got to keep telling them this is what's going on hey this is what time it is and this is uh, who we're talking to like they just kind of keep giving us the same thing over and over again and Hey, some people are are devoured listeners, and they're going to keep listening to us or or the show. I forgot my analogy. Where are we at, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not wrong though, right? Like, so the, the in in we could talk about smarks and all that stuff, uh, you know, if we wanted to too. But like, there are a ton of smart marks out there that will you know buy whatever WWE is shilling, right? Like, they're they're it doesn't matter what it is, they're on board with it. 
Uh, doesn't matter if it gets stale or it gets boring. They're they're on for it. Now, the other thing that's interesting is I think we're going to start maybe, and I'm this is me crossing my fingers and you know praying to the gods of wrestling and hoping that the cream rises to the top, brother. Um, the wrestling gods will not the, hear your plea. <laughs> Well, let's hope they do because they've got a bunch of talent incoming. Like Cody Rhodes is an amazing talent. They got him back. I, they need to start using him more. They just got Jade, Jade Cargill, who, you know, love her or hate her. She is a phenomenal athlete. Yes. Right. And you put her with somebody like, you know, William Regal, who I understand is back backstage helping people with their mic work, you know, give her or give her a mouthpiece and she's golden. Right. Like she'll put on a Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Ugh, anybody with that? That's a joke. I've got let's, a comment about Bobby. Let's Lashley. resurrect the zombie of the mouth of the South before we do that. <laughs> but there's potential. But otherwise, right now we're just we're in sort of a holding pattern, and you're starting to see that with, I would say, arguably predictable results from matches, right? And I'll throw it off to you guys. You've watched it over the last couple of weeks. What do you think? Like, do you think I'm right? Do you think I'm wrong? Do you think I'm completely bonkers? Well, I got to slightly disagree because, like, my disagreement is that that I've watched. Like, that where you talked about earlier of making some hard lines, I've had to make it especially with the WWE product. Like, there isn't a lot that I don't need to just, you know, see the video clips or read about the next day and be like, oh, crap, I wish I would have watched that live. Like, I'm just getting enough of it where I'm like, okay, this is happening, this is happening, and this is happening. It's not like, oh. That's that's happening. I got to go check it out. It's rare that that's happening in the promotion for me. So uh, I'm just kind of dancing on the outside and going, okay, well, I want to see Seth Rollins versus Nakamura match. And I kind of like those promos, but there isn't anything else on the show that's like really grabbed me to watch every week. So I kind of agree. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, just I think we're on the same page there. Yeah, I just feel that WWE is in a lull right now. Like, as you said, yeah, sure, they're in filler, but I think we've gone past, like, the period has gone on for too long. It is too much filler for even me, where I'm like, you need to do something. Something exciting needs to happen. And I don't know, like, Jade Cargill is is exciting to think about, but all it is right now is she's just a promo on the product. Hey, Jade Cargill, remember Jade Cargill? I, I think I even wrote that in my notes in like all caps. Now is the time for Jade Cargill because it was just a video package being like, we signed her and it's like, cool. Call me when she gets on the ramp, all right? You know, hit me with that you music. Last week, that's what I said last week. Yeah, there, there's, there's also the possibility too with Cody Rhodes coming over and Jade being a member of the Nightmare family and be, coming out of the Nightmare Factory. I'm wondering if we're going to start to see more people start getting lured over from that. And if, and if WWE will do anything with them, because they have the potential one for a stable, which I don't know about you guys. I'm a sucker for a good stable. Yeah. Like if it's done right, like I actually really like Latino world order. Uh, I really love the personalities in it. I love the fact that uh, Rey Mysterio is the godfather of Latino world order. Cause it seems, it feels like a, a nice homage to, to Eddie. Um, like I enjoy that, but there isn't enough of them, right? Judgment day is getting a little stale because it's the same thing over and over again. We've had the will they won't the with, uh, Madonna, like, uh, you know, JD Donna, like how but many that times one's coming along been? though. That one's advancing. Is Besides it? JD, I-, I would say that like their version of long-term storytelling isn't, stuff that builds slowly long term it's just they keep stories going on for very long times 
Like we, there yes. isn't progression like that much week to week and what's going on. They like not even giving you real breadcrumbs. It's like the judgment day are together. They got a guy. They won some belts. And then they got some belts. And they got a, they might get a new guy. And then they got some belts. And, like, there isn't anything really happening. Like, it's okay. Um, and the best thing that's really happening with stuff is the relationship with Mommy and, and Dom and part of his belt on NXT. So and what about you? Most of it's built on NXT. Yep. And if you're in the filler phase here, give me something new. That's all I'm asking for. I'm not asking for something to wow me, but it's just like it, it, they're pulling the Nakamura special. And what I'm going to say is like I'm referring to a time when Nakamura was uh, uh, feuding with AJ Styles on SmackDown. You know, that feud lasted a long time. It's just rip it again. Let's uh, change hey. the rules and stuff. And it was just like, can we take a break? Can we like come back? Be like, oh, we went our separate ways. Now life has brought us back together and let's do part two or something. No, it's just, you're getting this for the next six months. Buckle up, Sally. Yeah, you did get a purple briefcase. <laughs> we did. See, and that's you what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think JD's stale. It's like, it's, it's, it has it has the potential of new life with JD. He's been around on the sides being like, hey, I just want to be part of your cool gang. Yeah, but I mean, like, having him in an actual match would be nice. Having him do yes. something and then randomly show up and, like, you know, simp for, uh, for, simp for uh, the, you know, Judgment Day would be nice. But, I mean, the problem well, that I have with WWE is a, as a whole thing. Yes. But I'm also a Raka Rodriguez fan first and foremost. Like I, I'd call her mommy first. Just like gonna go ahead and say that. Uh, I'm gonna be consistent with this. There isn't a lady on any roster that I probably wouldn't do that for. So yeah, we'll just kind of keep it at that. And move it along. <laughs> but but the, the the whole point is like they're not doing enough with it. And in WWE, long term storytelling went from long term storytelling to the dark era of what TNA was like, we could talk about impact wrestling and the sting Joker arc and that whole thing and how that took a full friggin' year to, to culminate into a whole lot of nothing with Hulk Hogan. Uh, like that's what it feels like. It feels long and drawn out. And then when you get to the payoff, like it doesn't feel as exciting anymore. Like, okay. So JD is going to get into the, the judgment day. Is that really exciting at this point? Depends. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's what I'm throwing it on. I'm throwing it on that hope that it will spark change. I Mr. just realized Rizzo. something, and I'm gonna try to take the wheel a little and drive us away from. We've been we've been we've been parked in the nation of speculation for a little while. We've been doing a lot of fun that we got to talk about some of the stuff that actually happened on the show. I know there were a couple things that we were gonna talk about, and we're gonna speculate on a lot of other things. So I'm just gonna steer us back into. Maybe a couple things that happened in WWE before we talk about Wrestle Dream. What is it that you guys want to maybe talk about? Maybe maybe Cena, or what else? What else we got uh, going well, on? I, in the yeah, I was excited to see. Uh, you know, once they set it up last week, uh, and I like how they kind of did this in a video package as well, where it was just like. John Cena signed the contract, then Bloodline came in and beat him up, and then made sure he left the contract with him. And I'm, and they're like, this is a contract for four people that has only three signatures. And you're like, well, obviously someone's going to sign that, not uh, his who we thought, and not AJ Styles. And uh, yeah, no, I, I, I like where they went with it. I like the execution of it on SmackDown this past week. Let's go. John Cena. Yeah. 
Go ahead. And, and I was going to say, like, L.A. Knight, I actually really, really like L.A. Knight. Yeah. You know, him pop, him coming him coming out, him doing getting that pop, like, that crazy pop that he gets for his weird hybrid, kind of not really Stone Cold Steve Austin, but getting real close to it type of a, type of gimmick going on. Uh, but for whatever reason, I friggin' love it. Yeah. He's come a long way from his days as Eli Drake. Uh, you know, <laughs> like, let's... Let's be honest. And like his mic skills are impeccable. Yeah. And he's great in the ring. He's got a very kinetic style. Yeah. So like, I think he'll fit well with Cena, who's probably lost a step or two over the years. Um, you know, since he's a extreme part timer, uh, but getting to see him and, you know, them go after and, and, and do what they need to do. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm just it, shocked that Austin Theory didn't pair up with John Cena. Stylistically, it felt like Austin was a little bit more of a fit. But, I mean, he's we're really... He's been too antagonistic to Cena in the storyline, right? Well, that storyline, when he interacted with Cena, made him antagonistic. But yeah, this, it's just when they uh, introduced it, I expect it was like, oh, these two you, will work well together. But it fits with LA Knight with his, I'm going to be in the damn show. I am going to be the show. Yeah. Like, this just fits perfectly with that gimmick. Mr. Rizzo. At this particular moment, for where we are on the show, and what I mean by that is uh, on the SmackDown, it is, for me, just a match with Cena, a part of the bloodline that doesn't have Roman in it yet. And unless Roman's there or it's the match with Cena and LA Knight, you know, okay, I'll get there. I'll watch it. It's cool. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, not I'm, like- not, I'm not super... Spoiler right. alert, it's uh, it's not uh, my uh, tope, that's for sure. Yeah. But that's where I think I'm hoping we're going with some with either one of those. We're dancing on either side of those with Cena, and we'll see what we get. Um, see, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know if I see Cena interacting with Roman at any point in time. I it feels like they're they're angling for it to be something other than that. Like I would almost more expect Rikishi to come back and and play a bigger part in, in anything that happens with Roman than Cena. Gotcha. Well, right, yeah, that's that's my just my opinion with the way they're they're presenting it because, you know, again, down. yep, yeah. But the other yeah. thing that was I also kind of cool on Raw, all oh, you wanted to stay there, Tune TBZ. Uh, yeah, it was that we had a surprise return at the end of Raw, um, and I know someone's been waiting for it forever. Um, actually, it looks like two people have been waiting for it forever with that nod <laughs> from from Joe. Um, and yeah, Tommaso Ciampa got his got got his ass beat by by, by Gunter. Gunta. And um he needed But to why? Save. I thought they were going to wrestle at, at Fastlane. Well, you can go backwards with that one, but they had they had an awesome match. It was cool. Uh but he eventually got beat down and Gunther's going to be the champ. I'm not sure who's going to lose to actually. I mean, it, I guess maybe it's Gable. Gable. Now that I it's Gable. It, maybe it's Gable. Yeah, um, I just, thought it would see, be dragging they're rotating off, but, it around. They're rotating stock, being like Gable lost. He'll be back later. Yeah. So okay, okay. And then the fact that he needed a save after getting beat down, and who showed up, Mister TVZ? I'm trying to think of his nickname, but I'm blanking on that. So I'll just say Johnny Gargano, Mister Wrestling. No, the what's his heart thing? Rebel Heart. There you oh, go. It's mm. the Rebel Heart. That's what I was trying mm. to think of. 
I'm Johnny Gargano. Than both of you guys, actually. For how excited and how long you've wanted him to come back, you didn't know Rebel there's Heart a, was the name. There's a difference between knowing it and liking it. I'm just going to I, gonna, am, I, I am. It. I just didn't like it. I, I am cautiously optimistic about this because uh, is this DIY? Like, I mean, are they going to do DIY it. justice, should I say? You know, is this... Because, like, what happened to the way? There was plenty of opportunities to do a lot of stuff with Johnny Gargano and Champa and uh, Candice LeRae, and they just disappeared. And I'm afraid that this was just a bringing up. Uh, Dexter, uh, Dexter Loomis is a firefighter now on uh, Tacoma. Yes, like, he, he is. He's gone. He like, looks so weird talking. I was like, no wonder why you didn't say now. What is going on? I don't know if I like it. But anyway, see what I mean? They just, like, disappeared. And so I'm like, ooh, DIY. What are they going? I need to go into this knowing it's not going to be NXT DIY. This is a different type of DIY, and here's hope. See, I don't know. I, I could I could deal with NXT DIY with a little bit more edge to them, like a little more like you know what? Oh no, I want yeah. NXT DIY. Is what I'm saying. That'll be great, yeah. but I'm afraid that they're just going to WWE muck it up, and they'll be like, "Remember DIY?" And it's like, "Yeah, but this ain't DIY." Well, yeah, it says it is, and it's like. Shut up, you! <laughs> Don't you? I, I, I'd be on. I'd be on board for whatever I'm going to get from that because I actually I miss Gargano on TV. I miss watching matches with him. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa is a really great competitor on the mat. Like his skills are really, really good, and them together just complemented each other extremely well. They're a great tag team, and the storyline that blew them apart: fantastic, visceral, emotion heavy, real laden down. Uh, and then having them come back together, have it be a heavy, heartfelt moment, have it be be some emotion in there, and then have them just start picking off tag teams. Let's go yeah. for it. Let's see where we go. As long Mr. as uh, we get the, you know, as long as we get them together in enough time, I think they're a couple that have been together for so long, like a KO and even like an Edge and Christian, that are just so comfortable with each other that as long yeah. as they get time, like. Really, Johnny's going to carry them a little bit on. Well, they, I'm not saying Champa's not going to be on the mic. I just meant like them complimenting the two of them. Johnny's going to run with some of the comedy that can make it work, depending on any way they go. So as long as they get the time, we're going to love them together. So we'll just see. Hopefully, we get that's what we get. I think they went, they cut the the show a little early for whatever time, and they did mm-hmm. do they did do their finisher. I'm not sure if yes. they did that on yeah. So. They did that a lot on SmackDown. They cut a lot. Yeah, of they're they're getting some hard limits on their broadcast uh, deals, which I think is interesting. And conversely, not to not that we're you know so there, but like AEW has enough leeway with theirs that they can go as long as they want. Well, I right? just remember like, TBS and TNT always being cool with that 05 start. So yes. that's just maybe they're just running back to. But TBZ, there is one thing you wanted to mention about about. Uh, FS2, I think, before we yes. maybe no longer... Yeah, no, you, you, you hooked me up at the end there because, uh, yeah, man, uh, I, this is the first I'm noticing it. Uh, so that's why I'm blaming FS2 for this because it wasn't this bad. And it's honestly the FS2 broadcast that is saying this. So I'll start off by saying this is the TBZ wag of the finger FS2 broadcast. The They cut out segments of this where... As you come back from commercial, it goes, we're skipping ahead due to time constraints. And then they just bring you back into SmackDown at a random ass point. The first one, which was super, I was 
most mad about was during the U.S. championship match. It was like, okay, this match continues live next. And then I got that notification after coming back from commercials. And then they're like, somewhere else. And I'm like, what? What happened to the match? And then they're like, oh, let's do a review. And then like, it was at the time where they're like, here's what you missed sort of thing. And I'm like, yeah, I missed the whole match. All right, I let you cook there for a bit, TBZ, but I got questions, and I want to push back on this one a little bit. So I, I kept quiet so we could save it for this, but when did you watch the show on FS2? What do you mean, when? Uh, was like, it live? Uh, no. That's my point. It wasn't the live broadcast of the show. It probably told you it was only an hour and a half, and they were going to cut most of the stuff. That's on no. you, man. You know what? No, no, no that's, that's on YouTube. Broadcasters, man. No, because it's YouTube TV, so it's actually because I have to fast forward through the commercials because it's the live broadcast. So it's a recording mm-hmm. of the live broadcast. Okay. See, I was thinking. Nice try, Mister. I was thinking that it's on FS2, like the broadcast they have on. Um, on yeah, Spectrum. YouTube TV just has what? FS2 as a channel, and then I can pick AEW and say record this thing, and it'll record whatever it recognizes as that show. But you, oh, but you don't have Fox as a channel, only FS2. Uh, I mean, I'd have to go through my channel listing, but FS2 is in my channel package. Because that was where I was confused. Like you weren't wa- you weren't taping the live broadcast of the show. It's like, taping it for Spectrum, me. Though. They have the rebroadcasting of SmackDown on Thursday, the the day before the new episode. It's taking FS2. a recording of the live feed and then put this, you know, so putting it in my library and. I, we're we're getting in the weeds too much about this. Sorry, but I was like, they have it both on Fox and FS2 at the same time. I thought they were uh, on FS2 now. I thought they moved over to that broadcast. No, they're on Fox. At least that's okay. how I recorded it, I thought. Sure, whatever. I'll I, I, I mean, back. Uh, you have made me think about my up. DVR preferences way more than I've given thought. Yeah, let's uh, get into the crazy, stupid weeds here. I Regardless, like, the point is, yeah. FS2 is chopping up the broadcast of SmackDown and just being like, I, I mean, fortunately, again, they Man. chopped it up in a way that I could see what happened and went, oh, okay, that's what happened. But it was just like, I'd like to watch it, not your cut up replays of whatever happened. The man's taking over. They're censoring my wrestling. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, it just—it was most notable during SmackDown. Like Raw, it was fine, but you know, other than the usual huddled mess that uh, are the storylines. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down with the with the streaming device that's not helping you out. That's all. Word. It's doing you dirty. Yes. Doing that, you that dirty. was that was my wag of the finger that I had for wrestling this week. Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah, I so think yeah, that's... you want to get into some hardcore PPV? I think that's enough WWE. That for as like much that. as we talked, we talked more than what actually happened on, on WWE. I'll you say know that. what? That's accurate. That is so accurate. <laughs> it's a lot of pushing. Sure guys, do you think if you asked any random non-wrestling fan what a hardcore PPV is, they'd have any clue what the hell I was talking about? or they would? I have no clue what you're talking oh, about. Just... Pay-per-view. Are we going back to ECW? Wait, what? No. Never mind. Is the I'm hardcore really, belt up for grabs in this pay-per-view? Is it the main really event? Derailing the show today. Well, I guess there was <laughs> there was one on the on Saturday for NXT. Um, but yeah, we can talk about that another time. Okay. Uh, uh yeah, but I'm I'm ready to move on. Let's uh let's get into some wrestle dream. Yeah, the big show in 
Seattle for a uh, tribute to Antonio Inoki for the pay-per-view of Wrestle Dream. This felt like it came on quick. And, I mean, it didn't help that it had all in and all out, like, a month ago, you know? Yeah, but despite being that quick, like, I felt the quality was there. Like, it was very, very fast, and it definitely came out of, like, I want to say left field, because there really wasn't, like, a whole lot of uh, pre-press for it, which kind of makes sense. They probably were waiting for the okay from uh, Anoki-san's family. Um, But, yeah, like, the quality was still there. Loved every second of it. Yes, I what I was going to try and get at here is the quality of the show. uh, uh, My excitement did not properly honor how great this pay-per-view was. If you follow what I'm saying there, just like I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to watch it. Say AEW, And then I watched. I was like, man, this is (laughs) it's just funny. I think I think all in Mr. Rizzo, we were like, this is probably AEW's best pay-per-view. I stand corrected. I think Wrestle Dream is probably their best pay-per-view that they put on. Nice, nice. You know what? I'm in in for that. Anything to add, Mr. Rizzo? I really liked it, too, but I'm still confusing about the names. Um, Which show was in Wembley and which show was in Chicago? Wembley was all in. Okay. I actually think I liked All Out. Really the best. But I love this. This was a good show. But, uh, yeah, it started off with the Murder Hippies versus MJF. (laughs) The two-on-one Ring of Honor tag team match. Which I thought this was, an, I, I thought Story was going to swoop in and find a way to make it an even match. I mean, it was an even match. It just wasn't an even uh-huh. match in the way of what you thought about it. L- oh listen, God. it was a showcase in. Okay, MJF gets a lot of praise and a lot of flack from the wrestling community. There are a lot of people that just can't stand him. A lot of people claim he yeah. can't wrestle. A lot hey, of people whoa. claim that he's so stiff. Hey, there people are people that can't stand him should just stop watching the fucking product. I don't understand. Listen, I, I listen. I'm just saying I'm what, what what some people are out there with, right? Yeah. This is a perfect showcase of why MJF is worth his weight in damn gold, right? The comedy was on point. The storytelling was on point. The wrestling was clean, and I it's mean always clean. clean. Kangaroo, uh, kick. kangaroo kick was absolutely fucking amazing. Yeah, but like it was good. It was a good. It was a good two v one. I love the fact that he called a shot like Babe Ruth at the beginning of the match. You know, got both shots in. You know, did his thing. It was. It was great. It was absolutely fantastic. So, not, I have no complaints about this match. Yes, we're just being critical because that's what we do here. One hundred percent. Because yeah, I mean, I, I said that this is probably their best pay per view. So you know, there's clearly not a bad match on this card. Uh, I do have to agree with the announcers during this match. If MJF beats the Righteous, that looks real bad for the Righteous. And that's kind of, I guess I was thinking in terms of the Righteous. I felt bad for them because they can't, both of them, like, this besmirches your tag team. You can't beat one dude in a tag team. Like, yeah, but I mean, he's cementing himself as like the dirtiest player in the game. Like, like my favorite spot of the pay-per-view was the, uh, the O to the cot grab there where he just yeah. like, Grabs the the giggle berries and like squeezes for all of his might, and it's yes. like yeah, he's he's cementing himself as the dirtiest active player in the game. Like he says, he's oh, our yeah. scumbag. It's that moment, right? He evened it up. He evened it up and did what he could. So he used their own their own anger, their own hubris against him. He, it was perfect. I have to echo your sentiment. The wrestling was clean in this, despite like 
they did a good job of making it look like MJF was winning a 2v1 match. You know, it wasn't just, oh, you know, look, it's choreographed that way. It's just all the moves. It was like, this is what you would do in a 2v1. It looked legit. So I appreciate that. But like I said, when, when, when the announcer said it during the match, I was like, this is a good match, but yeah, sucks to be the righteous right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love the uh, the work in the body slam the whole match. Um, the wood and the chair, you know, that's kind of a fun spot. Kind of like that. And then the kangaroo kick well, brought me all up to three honks for the match. I just, I loved everything about it. Yeah, that was <laughs> I'm, I'm imitating his, but I, I love that he does a little arm thing. He's like, ooh, I'm going to do it. <laughs> you have to do that or the move doesn't work. Just like it's the crane. Tr- <laughs> He's tuning up the band. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. I don't know. When I was reviewing this match, though, I I wonder if this is the match where I'm starting to, in air quotes, get sick of MJF's gimmick. Because this match, this match, he did the kangaroo kick. I think he did the, well, he didn't do the double clothesline because he couldn't do that. But he no, did he the did calling his, one. he did yeah. the calling his shot, like, to me, his gimmick lately is taking a basic move and making the crowd really care about it. Yeah, but so, that's, that's magic, though. That's magic and wrestling. Protest TVZ. No, don't get me wrong. That, yeah, <laughs> I, I loved that. I loved when he started doing it, but he's been doing it for a minute now, and I'm just like, okay, are we just going to do every move now, or are we going to open up the book and be like, oh, we're at number awesome. 35? This stuff so fast. But it's also really it's also a really good callback to like old school wrestling, too, which is a thing I think I don't want to say that you guys aren't considering or in this case, TBZ, that you're not considering. But like think about ye olden days of wrestling when like a leg drop was a finisher, a body slam was a finisher. Talk about the holster. (laughs) A super kick was the most wild thing ever or a brainbuster from the top rope. Right. Like when we were marks for it, we were hard for it at the time. This is sort of a callback to that, right? No, like, I, is, right. It, and I, it's, it's, I love it. Maybe I'm not saying he shouldn't do it. I'm just saying me as a fan, I think I'm like, okay, I think we maybe like, if we keep going down this path, I'm quickly going to drop off and be like, let's do something different now. You know, like, like, is it going to do the kangaroo kick every time now? Is that just a staple or what? I mean, he was I proven mean, that he, he, built, he was building it up for weeks, weeks, months, even. I know, and he's like he does that now. Is he is he going to do the power slam with the kangaroo kick and the double clothesline and the whatever else we did this week? What's the new move or whatever? No, because he did the last time he called choking Joe out, so he didn't choke. Uh, he didn't try and choke out any of these. Guys. I mean, he couldn't. He didn't have a moment to. We're complaining about fun. I just feel like we're complaining no, about that's, fun. That's, I'm, that's it right there. Rizzo, you got it and you got it in one, brother. Like, it's it's fun. Like, it's I don't know what's it with it. They're doing all this great stuff. And we're like, I'm, but they're doing it again. I'm like, yeah, it's what I fucking like watching no, every I'm, week. I'm, 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 the, I'm, the, I'm the kid in the candy store. I'll watch I'm, it every week. I'm just trying to justify my zero honk rating on this one. That was a zero <laughs> honks and I gave it three. I, I didn't How give it any honks. Not- how can you say it was great? I loved it. This was all this fun stuff. And then it was a terrible match. I'm not even giving it a rating. Like, two of those things don't even make sense. I like how Zero Honks is this is a terrible match. It just it, it didn't work. Like, that's all. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm, I, and Shibata versus Eddie Kingston. That's all I can say. That's all I got. I got nothing else. Um, uh, this, okay. this might be. Okay, if we're moving on to Shibata and Kingston, this might be one of my favorite matches of the night. 
like oh, it might I be one of my favorite matches of the year. You like them going at it? You like them going at it? I was I, so, I had said before last week that I was surprised that we didn't get all three belts on the line, but that would have yes. changed the rules of the match. Yes. And because of how it went, we see why that didn't happen. And Kingston would have lost. Or no, he wouldn't. He exhausted all his timeouts. That's he exhausted, what he exhausted all of his rope breaks, right? So I love this match for doing a couple things. One, it started introducing the idea of the pure championship to an audience that probably doesn't know what that is. No, right? we do because of Wheeler Yuta. He was Some, a pure champion for a bit. But he didn't have any matches on TV that on the main card that were pure matches. He was, he was on Ring of Honor when they weren't. Right. Like, they're I trying to figure out what they're doing with the Ring same. of Honor. No, right. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But it's introdu- it's introducing the idea to folks where we might actually start getting some pure matches, which are actually a lot of fun. Um, but also, this is a really good... Kingston's one of my favorite active wrestlers right now in the world. Um, I think he is woefully underrated by the vast majority of people, and the amount of work that he puts in really showcased in this match, right? And it also it was one of my top matches because of his reverence in the... I don't want to say like the ritual of it, but I can't think of a better way to phrase it. The ritual of respect that he has for it, especially against Shibata, right? Like it's, it it was such a good encapsulation of his style, a good encapsulation of his mentality when it comes to the business and a good showcase of the work that he's been putting in for years. Like absolutely love it. And the fact that he made Shibata's chest redder than I've ever seen it within five minutes in that match made me just so damn happy. Well, yeah, they did go to the chop house real early in the match. Yeah, chop house in the corner was kind of nice. Kingston sitting there with a fork and knife. Oh, we going? Yeah. Um. Oh, what was I was gonna say? Just piggybacking a little bit on what you said about just some people maybe not appreciating him as much. I would say the people that maybe not don't appreciate him or just like don't like him like wouldn't really matter to kingston so who gives a shit like that's kind of the, but like my point was uh, adding to your point of his reverence for like people that he wrestles i think anyone that he would talk to that you know what understands his style and where he's coming from has the appreciation and knows how great he puts all the stuff into and it's just kind of like you wouldn't ask um Advice, oh, what was it? You wouldn't take criticism from someone you don't ask advice for. From. Yes. And yep. that's kind of the thing. Like, who gives a shit what Eddie Kingston thinks about people who don't like him? If the people he likes say that he's awesome, that's all that matters. Like, that's 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 where we're at. I, mean, I, I just remember in watching him at ESW shows and, like, when he randomly came through the city and stuff like that and, like, watching how far he comes and it just fills my heart with uh, warm, warm, good feelings. That's slightly how I feel about Garcia. It's slightly how I feel about Garcia. We'll see eventually where that goes. I just meant I saw him earn the title and win the title at ESW and then have him to give the belt back to um, the guy on WrestleNomics. Um, oh, my God. Why am I going blank? Not Chris Golo, who we had on the show, but who's the other no. guy that we had with him? Brandon Thurston. Brandon Thurston. Thank you. Thank the you. Patron uh, saint of wrestling. Yes. Just like, and now he's like, I don't know who this guy is. He he gives us all the numbers and what and all the breakdown of what happens with the court case with uh, he made it. With, uh, he Kennedy, made it. So. Good stuff. We got to bring him back to an ESW show. Come on, man. <laughs> so yeah, I had two I had two honks in the Shibata Eddie match. It was chops in the corner, and I forgot what the other one was. I have the two H's, but I don't have the other one written down. But yeah, I had two honks for the match. 
Uh, I mean, if we're, if we're getting rid of the rating. It's it's a solid three for me. Yeah, you loved that match. It was a, it was a good one. It was a rewatch for you. Yeah, oh, it was good I to see. It was good to see Kingston get his due. Like you said, he's on. Un- he's woefully underrated, uh, and it shows just on the product. And, uh, well, honestly. I hate to say it. It's kind of what I hate about him is because like when he comes around, it's like, hey, we bring him around for a storyline real quick. And then he goes away for almost like two to three weeks. I'm not saying that's his fault, but it's like, I hate that I can't get used to him. He's always like, I'm here and now I'm gone for forever. And you're like, come back. We had time now. So that's that's on the product. That's not on him. And that's what I'm saying is I wish I would have more time with him. So it's it does look like he's getting an uptick with these with these belts that he's won. So good for him. And I'm, I'm glad that he had this match. This was a really solid match. We shall see more. We shall see more. But before we get into the next match, I guess, Joe, what I uh, specifically put down about our honk rating, I guess if it's a three honk or more, it's considered a honker. And that was kind of my, like, if it's only got two matches, it's not considered. You definitely had it as a honker. That's I know. You love this. 100%. Match. Yes. The maximum uh, is four, if he didn't tell you that. But, <laughs> no. um. That's where we're at with the yes, guy didn't listen to your before getting on here. <laughs> come on, come on. Uh, uh, so we're moving on to to our Statlander and uh, Julia Hart match. Julia Hart the match. championship. I now, think that we may have some me, discussion on this one. So let's see. Let me just say real quick: it's at this match that I'm starting to notice something about this pay per view. I said it in yeah. our chat. I didn't want to say what it was because I didn't want to give anything away or kind of tip that off. But I'm just saying right now, I'll, I'll say it after we're done here. Uh, I'm thirsty. Or near the I'm end. I need to know. Jeez. I need to know. You'll know. Jeez. But yeah, TBS Championship. Julia Hart versus Chris Statlander. Some great moments. Um, honestly, probably Julia's best match to date since she started actually really wrestling in the ring. Moving Agreed. up from LA. Chris made, did a very, very good job of protecting Julia, uh, which is something from the, the you know, behind the curtain scenes like you like to see, like to see wrestlers working well together. Julia still is fairly sloppy um, on oh, certain things. Pushing back one slip of the freaking toe foot on Not her back. Just one. You look, watch, go back and watch the match again. She had a, a bunch of other like little tiny things. I'm not saying she's bad, and I want to make that perfectly clear. She's come a massive long distance in a very short period of time. Oh, yeah. She made a two wrestle dream. I mean, that alone yeah. is a, a was, feather in her cap. And it was a good match. I, I mean, it, it was, there were some great spots in it. She's a great personality. Her ring presence is fantastic. Her promo cutting with the videos has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, she is an opposing, unsettling figure. She's doing that real, real well. And I'm not trying to take anything away from her, but shes you can see she needs a little more time to bake. She needs a little more time to polish. She, is, she, is, she oh, lacks man. experience is what you're oh, saying. Harsh. Well, good, because we're not going to see her for a while. Happy? She's getting married. She's going on her honeymoon. Which that is just means fair. So we'll see her in a month. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, I will say that some of the standout I, moments for me, um, I loved her gear and her entrance. That entrance was absolutely phenomenal. Um, you have Brody King, who is is actually really good as a valet. Like, what is that? Like, I, I thought he was a monster in the ring, but he's really great at the side of the ring. Hearing yeah. him shout, hearing him give commands, but also hearing him give that encouragement. Super, super yeah. strong. Not and like he's favorite, commanding her like I'm in charge. He's just kind of more exactly. like his coach. Yeah. But my favorite spot of the entire match was Statlander slapping the mist out of Julia's mouth. Yep, the no mist. That 
the, that was such a fantastic moment because like you knew it was coming because the way they shot it you knew she ducked under the ring you knew it was she was going to come up with it okay whatever and then seeing statlander just like nope whack like it was fantastic so i could i could go on for hours about this but i'm 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 happy i want to i want to take the the reins admit and just say how much i love this one as well um I don't think it was my favorite ladies' match of the weekend. I actually think I liked Tiffany Stratton and Becky Lynch a little bit better. Um, but I love this fucking match. Um, but you're right. Just, like, getting the mist punched into her throat or into her mouth was so cool. Uh, the moonsault. And, like, I know people are going to criticize it, and I think that's kind of what some people are talking about with it, quote, being sloppy, which I just – I didn't really. I don't. I don't see it all. I mean, she slipped once, and I thought the move still works with the senton. Like she kind of goes to stand up and jump and land on her, instead she just slips and lands on her. I'm like, if anything, uh, it hurt her more. If anything, it was more damage. Like I don't know why we're upset about this one. Like because it okay. didn't work for me. Yeah, she okay. But- it took it took longer than you're saying. It was like a half second where she slipped and was like, "What do I?" So uh, okay, I'll just fall back, I guess. And it wasn't I, even... Okay. Here's, and here's and you're saying it's more damage? No, it looked like she just went, I'm going to go sleepy by now. It didn't the, look like it did anything. The counterpoint is because she's billed as a very athletic competitor, and she is a very athletic competitor, right? So that's that's one of those things that you would expect somebody who is in that category to be able to hit pretty consistently. And I understand sweaty backs ring gear it's gonna happen stuff is yeah. gonna happen I'm not, I'm not i'm not i'm not trying to dinger for it i'm just pointing out that like it happened in the match so we have to talk about it in the match. and there were some other moments that were a little bit looser some of her shots looked a little bit stiff um some of the uh the abdominal stretch didn't look really good um it looks more like you're hugging time. rather actually in a submission yeah. you know it's uh, just it yeah, she's, you gotta really tighten needs, it up she just needs time she just needs time well, yeah. You well, forced this. We were just saying we didn't like the senton, and you're like, we got problems. Let's go no, to fists. Mister <laughs> Mister Rizzo's got points, and I and I appreciate it. Right? I'm like, like I'm here I'm for like, it. I'm I'm a, I, I like the match. I'm not. Hate. I also liked how how in the beginning hey. when she was getting beat up by Stat, of how she was kind of screaming and moaning a little bit louder than normal. Like that's gonna piss people off and also pop some other people. Hey, Mister Rizzo. According to you, I liked this match more than MJF's match. I gave it two honks. You did. Like, I, I don't know. Anyway, we're going to keep but, going. Yeah, um, I love the versatility of that spider suplex. Uh, that yes. was one of my honks. It's just like, because we saw her do the one where she kind of like uh, flips into the ring and then tries to do move on to her. This time she did a moon salt. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, you're showing that you're not like, oh, shit, I got to do the other part. It's like, no, you can do whatever you want from here. Very much like Seth Rollins. A very Seth Rollins move of you, Julie Hart. Um, real quick, before we end this match, question for you boys. What is Chris Statlander's finisher in this match? Saturday Night Fever. They, called it, Sun- they called it Sunday Night Fever. But is that the name of her, of her no. move? Or is it Insert Day Here Night Fever? Because I thought it was Friday Night Fever. But then I was like, when did I watch it? Oh, it was on Rampage. Hmm. <laughs> I like it. It's just like a Canadian dish, or uh, no, no, the Irish whip becomes like the Scottish whip or like the yeah. Canadian whip, and yeah, it's fine with me. So I, if, I if what I'm noticing is true about her moves, props to you, Chris. I enjoy that. I <laughs> mean, let's be honest. Like for those of you at home that maybe don't know what what we're talking about, it's a fisherman's driver, uh, which is what she uses, and it is 
it is one of the cleanest fisherman's drivers that I've seen on a, a like wait, wait. one competitor to use. They don't know what we're talking about, but they know the fisherman's driver. Just Got saying. <laughs> Just saying. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't watch AEW. Okay, that's true. That's true. This is this is an audio medium, man. I'm just covering the bases. I'm just doing my job. I'm doing I my appreciate job. you, Joe. Next right, up, let's... we've got the AEW World Tag Team Contenders Fatal Four Way. Okay, this one... if I can wag fingers, this is where I'd wag fingers. Go ahead, TBZ. Well, okay, I was just going to say it's the Guns versus the Lucha Bros versus Orange Hook versus the Young Bucks. What's your wag, sir? This is the kind of style of match that even going in before anything happens. I just can't stand. I just the stipulations of how a fatal four way works, where only two people are allowed to be in the ring at a time. Like I know it doesn't not a fatal four way. <laughs> it doesn't no, have like, to yeah. be a fatal four way. It can just be like, can't we just have the rules be? There's always one guy legal from all four sides at a time. That would be like, a tornado right, match. Like, can we just a tornado I, tag? I, yeah. I don't know. Having uh, one we, guy from each team as a, tor- yeah. as a tornado? That's, that's a classic tornado tag match is when you have multiple teams and mm-hmm. one person from each team is always legal in the ring. Yeah, so I thought like, tornado I tag was everybody on the team is legal and just they don't have to. Like they've removed the tag stipulation. You could just be in there and go at it. You still tag, but you can only tag your team. Yeah, but this is it, like a, a best ball scramble situation. Like we think we know. We're not sure. We, we uh, can see two. I like it. I like it. What a, you are correct, though. One of my notes for this match is it gets chaotic. There, there are moments when I'm just like, who's in the ring? Who's legal? What the fuck is happening? Yeah, man, Joe, actually, Joe actually asked during the show when we were tweeting or we were uh, talking on Discord. He's like, who do you got in this match? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of pulling for the ref because I know that this is going to be a rough one for him. <laughs> like, that's kind of what I was like. Uh. And then I wrote that. I wrote ref. Just so there's there's another there's another finger wag here that I that I can call it too is that there were at least and we're talking about the chaos and I'm I'm with I'm with Mr. Rizzo on this. There were three or four missed tags, and I mean and I don't mean like the ref missed them. I mean like there were spots where you could see they were supposed to be going for a tag and then nobody completed it. And so they they the ref went the rent went ref went ahead with what was supposed to be happening, but like as an audience watching on, yeah, you're confused as who the legal person is because two or three, you know, tags were missed. And like, yeah, I it lost was, it. During it was the sloppy. Match. It was sloppy, right? And I like chaos matches. They can be good, but this was not it. Yeah, it was too yeah. much. I mean, the only thing that shined for me was Austin Gunn. Like, I just kind of like him having fun on screen. He looks cool to me. And then we had the hook hot tag. But other than that, like it was too chaotic. I didn't know who was legal. Like you said, we did discover that OC in this match. The announcers let us know that OC is the king of sloth style. Put it on a shirt and shove it in my face. I need it. Print it. OC, you get you get a sloth style shirt. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy all of them. I'm gonna make you run out of your merch because I bought them all. I'm nom 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 nom. Orange Cassidy is another one of those like. He's another one of those wrestlers. He's probably my second favorite active wrestler in the world right now. Yeah. And I say that because ever since he was in the Indies, I loved his gimmick. I love the comedy aspect of it, but bro can go bro can move. He's, he's clean. He's got a very kinetic style. When he does go, he knows how to hit those moments. He knows how to, to, to command that presence without doing a damn thing in the ring. If he asked you, he can stand there, put his hands in his pockets and people will pop. Bro's got it. He's going to bring you that stun dog Jones, as Taz would say. <laughs> and then 
I love Hook. Hook is doing Taz proud, right? Hook, Hook being Taz's actual son, yep. <laughs> is doing his dad proud. And the two of them together, I really, really like. I loved it too when they when they were introducing them. I'm like, yes, please, yes. <laughs> Just, they work. So, they're, they're such great personalities. Uh, the only thing that I'm worried about is I'm I'm wondering if we're if this is a work or a a, a shoot on Phoenix's injury from the match because he was out for a while, and I don't think I I've heard anything of the that. sheets. He so wrestles, he was chaotic. <laughs> he wrestles Nick Jackson tonight, so okay because he was out he was out early and he when I mean early like I'm talking like the first couple minutes so I wasn't sure if it was a mark or a work. So you yeah, guys got all a, these. Oh, go ahead. See, that was a stipulation on collision that there was a triple threat with Nick Jackson. He and the winner gets to face the ice, the triple, sorry, the inter, international champion. And he won. And it's just like an anniversary of one of the first singles matches or yes, that those guys had four years ago. So once like Excalibur said it, I was like, okay, I think I know who's going to win all this. But hey, I'll get yeah. to see. Uh, Nick Jackson versus uh, Phoenix next week, and I believe that happens. I didn't read anywhere about him being like not cleared or not be able to wrestle, so we'll see. For all these yeah. wags and all this shit we've been talking about this match, uh, I gave this one three honks though. As, really? as chaotic yes. as it was, I yes. gave this. I, I gave this zero honks. I had to because I loved Austin, and then the 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 hot tag for Hook, but that was it. I'm, I had the. Gonna... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I had the, the the Young Bucks had a combo where Matt did a neck breaker to Orange Cassidy over Nick's knee. I like I just I love those boys. So whenever they rough. do a very athletic combo and it was new, like I hadn't seen that before. So I was like, oh, a little variation on that. Cool. Good for you. That's first honk. Austin Gunn escaping out of the red rum. That was my second honk because nobody has like that move is unstoppable. So seeing just that alone, I'm like, all right, cool. You're a humbling hook. And then uh, the third one that I have. Oh, is that combo move that Penta had? It's a little outlandish, but it was basically Penta had Hook on his back, yeah. and then he had OC up for a pile driver, and then Matt Jackson did the, you know, let me hit OC's butt so that that's he a, uh, goes. That's a lucha. That's driver. an old lucha underground finisher that he used to do. Yeah. So yeah, that uh, that gave me that three hawks there for this match. My problem was the finish of the match. It yes, had some good I, moments. The finish of the match ruined everything for me because it was one exceptionally predictable, but it also meant that it all because here's why, because the minute it happened, it already told you what the, was going to happen on the FTR match. Yes, yes, that that's true. Right. Like, and so it sort of takes you out of it. And also because I feel like I feel like the guns have been doing so well lately I would much rather see them going for the belts. That's who I thought was going to win this, to be honest, going in. I, I also had my money on them at the beginning. My heart was with Orange Hook, but I knew that wasn't going to. like. No. It's too soon for no. them. They got to share some Funyuns before they decide to actually take those belts. Yeah. Mr. Rizzo? No, yeah, I got, I got everything oh, okay. on that one. Also liking the fact that I was rooting for the guns. Um, I will say I, that... Oh, I'll talk about more of FTR when we get to their match. Okay. The only thing I'll, I'll finish with then here is that I, I am disappointed. I was talking with a buddy of mine. It's like, why, why the Bucks again? They just fought FTR. But that's that's it's literally because it's they're finishing out the storyline and they're finishing out the real world heat, right? 
and we're in that's that's sort of the buildup. We can talk about that when we get to FTR, because yeah, yeah, uh, there's yeah. always there's always a there's always a shade of that. But I think I All think right. that's part of that. Then moving that on, Hangman and Swerve. This might be my match of the pay per view. I'm going through like, my notes. I definitely marked this one higher. I'll say this: this. yeah, I was blown. Like similarly to this pay-per-view this match i was like okay whatever i'll watch it. it'll be fine and then when i watched it, i was like whoa okay like hot damn was this match great swerve is one of my top again i hate i'm going to say this probably a lot because a lot of my favorite wrestles were were in this pay-per-view i've loved him forever as a wrestler uh when he was kill shot in lucha underground he was clean his his style was very kinetic and he never got the due he was not he he was was deserved and here really showcased one how quick he is how clean he is that diving roll into the pull up neck breaker come on like and yeah. the fact that adam page who has also been sometimes criticized for being stiff or being you know a poor worker like he worked his ass off in that match and the two of them had such great chemistry throughout the entire thing like it was fantastic. I'm going to shut up and let Mr. Rizzo talk. <laughs> I, I almost forgot my point that I was going to talk about because I did love the match um, <laughs> with, you know, the moonsault, the powerbomb, the dead eye and the damn steps. Um, but there was something else I was going to say, and now I can't remember what it was. I lost my train of thought. Um, I liked the kill shot on Hangman's forearm. Yes. I just liked it because he usually goes for the head on the, on his opponent. So I was just like, oh, that's neat. And also, again, targeting his arm as as, as the intelligent wrestler that he is. I do remember you kind of jogged my memory and I thought it was kind of funny. And I'm not sure if we'll do it because it would kind of cause us to do a little bit of work down the road. But uh, maybe later on the show, we can all come up with a, a top five list of our cleanest wrestlers because we already got three of we already got three for Joe. No, no, they're good. They're great. This I just was a clean pay-per-view. And I just thought it was funny. So I, was, I, mean, I love all three of the guys I, you mentioned. It was a I very vivid dream. <laughs> I mentioned this in, in when we were watching it live on Discord, you know, back and forth. Like, I look for that type of stuff because I'm super into this, like, from a person standpoint. Like, I've known so many wrestlers personally of the year of the, like, and how dangerous it is in seeing them do things clean and seeing them, you know, be safe and, and have the protocols makes me happy. It just primal joy. With something that's like, I guess maybe semantics here with like swerve in particular, the way he does certain moves kind of seems like extra smooth. Like people do the same move, but he's been doing it for so long. He's like, Oh wow. Like, he did that really quick. Like, I didn't know that you can do it to set yourself up to do that move like that. Like, yep. and he's just, he's there. And it's just like, damn, this guy can move. I love this. So, yeah. You know, um, and this is why I thought people like watch how, play. Yeah. I like how they did, it, it's kind of, it wasn't, it wasn't what some people would call like bizarro world, but like outside of where the show was, these guys are opposite babyface and heel. Oh, but yeah. in Seattle, the way they worked the match, they were like, no, you don't know. Hangman, you don't know what you're walking into. Like, you're not going to be, they're not going to love you here. And that worked. Like, it just, yeah, it was awesome. So, great stuff. I love stuff. hearing I the had, Who's House the dance. Hunks. That was three a good hunks. one. Feels like oh, it's wow. been a minute since we heard a good Who's House 
100 percent. And can we and can we talk about how great that JML driver was? Can we talk about how just absolutely freaking glorious that was? Can we talk about how good this match looked? <laughs> just like everything. There was everything no bad it. part about it. Yeah, and like, and that's the other thing. Like, and I want to talk about this real quick because you hit on this TBZ, and 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 Rizzo, you talked about this a little bit too. The psychology of the match was full on display as well because you can see how these both of these men are great. They're they're known for putting on good matches, right? They have a reputation for it. And this is a showcase as to why you're talking about how they're playing into the crowd and getting those boos and getting those, you know, everything else. Um, and then, you know, getting the hype from Swerve, but like watching how Swerve was doing the attacks and it wasn't like overblown. It wasn't done like we'd see in WWE where it was like so cartoonish. It was unbelievable. It was like, no, I want to hurt you. And it, you felt it. You felt like this kinetic visceralness to it when he's going after the arm. Absolutely fantastic. Great yeah. stuff. Great stuff. Well, if we're going to keep it moving to try to get to everything, uh, we might uh, not go through a lot of Yuta and the Starks match, specifically because uh, I, I didn't see a lot of it because my dog got sick, threw up on the couch, I'm um, threw up on the floor, uh, on the rug, and I had to deal with that. And I didn't really get to see much of uh, this guy. So, uh, yeah, I that's gave, what happened with me. I gave one hurl. I gave it one hurl. A one hurl. I gave our parting match of Hangman Square for Honks. You know what? Got a I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it up there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you. Four honks. Hey. And I was looking at the rest of my honk ratings. Would you believe that this is the bathroom match coming up? Wheeler Yuta v Ricky Starks. Wait, what? You know what though? Kind of, kind of believe it. I'm just saying the way my honks go. So from here on out, this pay per view is a four honker, except this match. I gave this match two honks. I, I was disappointed in this match. I thought I know it was it was. I'm not to say it was bad. It was it was fine, but Yuta's had no buildup over the last you know several weeks. If anything, it, they always tear him down. Exactly, 100. <laughs> percent And he's a he's another very good wrestler. He's not as clean as some of the others, um, oh. but he's good and he's got a lot of heart. Um, and then you have Ricky Starks, who I'm gonna say it, and I'm probably gonna get some heat for it. I'm kind of bored with him. I'm kind of bored with this this incarnation of his gimmick, right? And so, like, you have these moments. You have Big Bill showing up. And that's the other thing, too, was, like, all Blackpool Combat Club was there tonight, that night. And you mean to tell me none of them were going to go to support their boy like they did in the past? Well, Danielson had a match after that. So he's done it for you in the past, though. Uh, wasn't Moxley at ringside? I thought he was on the announce Mo- desk. Moxley was on the announce desk, but he wasn't. Did he didn't go to interfere with Big Bill at all. What are you going to fuck with Big Bill? I mean, come on. Wanted, That's why he's Mo- there. If you're Moxley, yes, you do. Um, but I mean, like, Claudio had a match that night as well. Like, he's back there. All right, hold on, hold on. I'm sticking up for Moxley because I think the only reason he's on commentary is because he's probably out for a concussion. Oh, no. And he couldn't 100%. mess with Big Bill if he wanted. So maybe he would have stuck up for his boy. But everyone else had a match. Claudio had a match. I mean, Claudio could have came out. But, hey, he had to deal with Josh Bartlett. So, hey, what are you going to do? Listen, all I'm going to say is that you could have had a spot where, you know, maybe you protect Yuta. And maybe you have Moxley walk up to Big Bill, all calm and nonchalant, pull out a fake taser and just... Bring him to the ground. It'll have been fine. Taser, <laughs> please. Yeah, I was gonna say he'd get like a uh, the the tongs that you have, or the like the poker for the hot dog thing. He'd stab him with it. No, he used the Bill Goldberg the kettle prod. That's what they would call. Yeah, 
Yeah, got the cattle. I gave this match two honks. Uh, you'd have got both my honks. Uh, he just looked good. Uh, he had a good transition from outside the ring into the ring where he did uh, anvil elbows to Ricky Stark. And then there was just a segment where Yuta was going off and he was kind of just showcasing like, hey, look at all these fun moves I could do. They didn't really mm-hmm. like do anything. But, you know, I, it ended up with a two count for like with one submission move. I think they call it like a chicken wing submission or something. Yeah. The, the, yeah. I think the other problem, though, is like you could see that they were trying to be a little hot and they were trying to throw some stiffer shots, too, because Literally, we just talked about what was probably the standout match of the night, and they had to follow it, which is always yeah. rough. Right. Um, but my, well, my one hawk of the it, night. They also had one after it. So, like, they got lost yeah. no matter what happened. But my one honk for this match was Moxley yelling instructions to Yuta into the headset on commentary. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I do uh, have I a comment. There was a running thing with Moxley of um, the swear jar because yeah. he kept talking about the swearing when he was on the uh, zero hour. hour. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do have a comment about Moxley in the next matchup, which is Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson. Um, I just thought it was funny. I think Moxley forgot that he was uh, where he was. He's used to like, you know, he had the IC belt, so he's used to being around on TV and stuff because he was talking about how we're watching the best technical match for free. (laughs) And I'm just sitting there going, it's a pay-per-view, bud. Everybody fucking paid for this thing. It's not on broadcast TV. Wow, I didn't catch that. That's funny. Yeah, it's just it was funny listening to Moxley on the announce desk. Uh, Dapper yeah, he- Yapper officially called this a dream match. They did. So they did. whatever that means, whatever stipulations are on this match, that was applied to here. And I think it fits, right? Like you, you. Oh, it your- is a dream match, but it's just like none of the other matches on Wrestle Dream were. I don't I like. I mean, I could go back and, but not all of them were announced as a dream match. Well, and I think it's mostly because of the monikers, right? So Brian Danielson is probably you know heralded as one of the greatest technical wrestlers of his generation, and then you have Zack Saber Jr., who is now about to inherit that mantle. Really, okay. I might get the numbers wrong on this, and I think I heard it on Wrestle Talk. The I think it, I'm not for sure if it's the Wrestling Observer or which company it is that gives out an award every year for the best technical wrestler. Since 2009, only two people have won it. Can you guess which two of those people it will be? Yeah, this match. <laughs> yeah, is it this match? Yeah. So yeah. it's just like they would go. One guy would win it for seven years. The other guy would win it for seven because he left, and then he comes back, and then Daniel Bryan's won it the last two years. It's just. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And, just, yeah, and and the thing is, like, this is set up, right? Like, this is all storytelling. We don't. We, we talked about long term storytelling at the beginning of the cast here. This is an. This is a showcase of how you do it. You have Danielson talking about how he looked at his, you know, family. Who you know, his his wife's over there now. You know, she's she's doing stuff. Um, but he looks at his seven year old daughter and says, "I'm going to start winding down my career because that's that's my promise that I made to you." Right. And now you start having this this match with Zack Sabre Jr. And then it's going to lead into another one. Because, I mean, let's 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 talk about the match and talk about the let's talk about the aftermath of it, because I think it's important. But like there's so many great spots. Right. So you have. Well, first of all, Danielson coming out wearing the Seahawks, you know, green because, you know, why not? it's Seattle. You're going to Sable's Sabres counter from the hip toss into an indomitable stretch was so smooth. It was the cleanest thing I've seen. I was just and, about to ask. <laughs> and it, like, and the way the two went back and forth between holds and, and rolling between them 
like this was the best technical match. It was literally the best technical match, but like that you could see how they earned those titles, right? You can see how they earned those awards, right? Um, Danielson's reversal into the single leg crab was, was flawless. Uh, and then one of the dragon screws uh, that Danielson hit. Oh yeah. It, it looks so brutal. It looks so brutal. And I mean, yes, Zack Sabre. Awesome. Sorry, go ahead. I was saying, yes, it was awesome. It scared most of the people watching it. Yeah. That, like, Vince was like, ow, that hurt me here. And I'm not even, I'm not even in the match. Yep. Same. Uh, that was one of my honks is that uh, dragon screw you're talking about. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, this match is potentially a five honker and I'm tempted to give it a fifth honk just based off of the quality of the match. These guys uh, put out like, oh yeah. Uh, I said Top that tier. Hangman. I said that Hangman and Swerve, the, the like those moves were spot on and everything like that. It's just that, yeah, like it, not that there were botches, but like these just it, you could tell there's just story going into this. You know, they even played it up in the match too. There's uh, a yeah. Zach Bates, uh, Danielson to use his right arm yep. at one point during the match. That made me think of you, Mister Rizzo. I was like, hey, look at that. That's playing out in this match. Look at that. That's a honk from me. Um, I like that we got to see the patented uh, armed cross bridge from Zach. Yeah, this was just a stellar match. Oh, the elbow stomp from Zach. Yes. Yeah, the elbow Eat stomp. Eat your heart out, Shayna Baszler. When, when the elbow stop happened, I wrote, that was my fourth hawk, and I just wrote, I'm out! Because <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, we had grapples on grapples. We had your move, my move. And then, like you said, him kind of uh, teasing him to use the arm or... or you know, working him so he had to use his own arm and like, oh shit, I caught you. And then yeah, Zach. when they stomped on his elbow, I was like, ah yeah, Mr. Rizzo, so you cool. were talking Zach Saber Jr. up a, a ton and I get it now. That dude just has every submission in his arsenal. And, and then the setup with him at the end too, right? Because how does Dan like so Danielson wins the match and how does he win it? With a Busaku. Yes. Right. So non submission. Did you have it? You have issues with the finish on this match, maybe, or something? Yes, no, did I read that incorrectly? No, I just, I think that Sabre Jr. is the better rest, technical wrestler but, here. But that's, that's the thing. That's the setup. That's the long-term storytelling, baby. But the, this <laughs> match is to determine who's the best technical wrestler, and it's not Danielson. Yeah, and Danielson admitted it in the media scrum. Yeah. Oh, I, did, I didn't get to that part. I was oh, like, after... I was saying, like, how Nigel kind of said, like, well, he hit him with the strike, and he went with the strike. So technically, he didn't submit him or win. So he's not the technical I was, wrestler. I was with Nigel when they were talking at the end. Yeah. I was like, Nigel's talking sense. Yes, it is. Uh, so yeah, that was my beef with it. It was just like, I feel like Sabre should have got the win if this match is to determine who's the best technical wrestler. But I mean, that's the setup. Because then if you look at the media scrum, and I said this, I said this in the chat uh, yeah. a little bit earlier, the media scrum is actually really important for this particular pay-per-view because it's setting up the future matches. And the Zack Sabre Jr. one that they put up very shortly after Wrestle Dream went was done was phenomenal because he calls him right out. And he says, I'm going to retire you. And I think that's the plan. And I think that they're sort of like showing it on their sleeve that like, Danielson has already picked what his last match is going to be, and it's going to be against Zack Sabre Jr., and it's going to be the technical wrestle like crescendo. Because I think they wrestled once before this, am I right? 
Daniel or Brian Danielson has told us the whole story with his daughter. Okay, stop it. Everyone knows you retire from wrestling when you die. Okay, he may say he's retired. He might not wrestle for seven years, and then randomly, hey, I'm gonna wrestle Zack Saber Jr. again. So just, just stop about the retirement matches stuff. That's, I mean, that's all. I'm sorry, I, I went hard on that one, but that's just been my stance on every wrestler. Like recently, Brody Lee and Bray Wyatt have retired from wrestling. Everyone else is still there available. I'm gonna. I'm Ric Flair can I'm, still I'm, wrestle. I hate it, but it can happen. I'm just saying. All I'm saying, brother, is I think that he's a man of his word when he when he said when he's gonna do it because I think at least for a while, and maybe he'll still be around backstage. Maybe he'll maybe he'll come back and do some stuff when she gets a little bit older. But I think we're not gonna see him for like a decade. Hey, they're gonna work us, but like that's my thing. When he goes, "Hey, I'm retired." Like I don't, I still don't think Triple H is retired. I know that he had so many, you know, issues with his heart, like myself. And yeah, he probably physically can't do shit. But yeah, I don't think that he's retired. I don't. That's not how my brain works for wrestling. Regardless, 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 that's not the story we're talking about right now. I know. Now. I'm what sorry. The future, what the future brings, we'll find out. Because I agree with you on everything what you're talking about with Zack Sabre Jr. I was just going a little off on that one for a, for a minute because I believe that's correct. That's the story. That works, and I'm cool with all of it. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Next anything up. else to add to that one? No, I think we've uh, we got to get we got to pick up the pace here. We got to so next up a couple more three ma- three more matches. We got the six man tag match. This is Jericho, Omega, and Ibushi versus Takeshita, Sammy, and Osprey. Yes, the uh, Callus family versus the Golden Sex Gods. Yeah, I I did enjoy uh, the uh, Don Callis family's uh, entrance, the Last Supper photo. Yeah, ridiculous. I, I love really watching the, this. One of the only two things I liked in this match was the the that and um, the Stone Face Abushi. Wow, like, I, I gave this yeah. match four honks. <laughs> See, I. I it was good, but I think it, my best part about this match was Aubrey Edwards, the yes. referee, because I think she does a fantastic job because that is not a uh, that is a hard job when you're doing something with that many people. Uh, and we talked about this earlier. And you have a Bushi who doesn't give a fuck about the rules, apparently. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, it was OK. Like the moon, the moon salts was good. I liked that. Um, I liked the. uh Abushi knocking Osprey out with a single shot, like that was great. Um, but it wasn't the best match. I'd give it two honks. Yeah, I had this match was just there. go ahead. This TV, match was just fun to watch the different talent interact. You know, like that's the purpose of this match is to be like, man, it sure would be cool to see Omega and Sammy duke it out, or hey, yeah, what about Abushi and Takeshita, or what about you know, so. I just I think this match served its purpose fairly well, and it was fun to watch. I guess my my thing, I, I was too excited for this match. I got myself too pumped up for this match, and what it was is on paper, this looked like all six guys are what I want to see in the ring and what's really hot right now. And I think what it really was is I just want to see more Omega versus Osprey, and. We don't really have enough of that in here. And what little we do, we're like, yeah, give us more. 
Um, yeah, you so got like, it early think, on, and that was it. And they're like, nope, no more. Yeah, I'm like, and I, I quickly realized, like, that's really what I think I wanted. What is I wanted that. And besides, like yeah. I said, the stone-faced Ibushi kind of running, uh, beating the crap out of the guys really quick, and the fact that Sammy Guevara, like, took a beating, I think, in this match. Um, I thought it was too chaotic, like it was with the multi-match before. Like, there were, like you said, with the rules and – I like Aubrey too. I didn't see her being an issue in anything, but it was just not an issue. Chaotic. She did the kick thing. Uh, she kicked Osprey's hand when he was doing that like torque thing. Oh yeah, with his I like team. that was kind of fun. That was but, reminiscent. We we said we loved that when she did that to MJF all of those years ago. So it was just it was fun to see that come back around. My point, I guess, was I was excited for all six guys, and I think they all can go to the point where. I was expecting this amazing multi-man like technical wrestling match almost, which is what we're going to get out of the next match with the tag guys from Aussie Open and FTR. And I realized yeah. like I wanted what those guys gave me from the multi-man match. And I, I guess I didn't really get that. Is So like I said, I just really wanted more Osprey and Omega. And that was I didn't get enough of those. Like, ah, that's... I guess that's what I really wanted. <laughs> I guess I was I was pleasantly surprised about this match because as someone who's been down on Jericho, I am impressed with how he integrated with his team. You know, I I never in a million years would thought Jericho would wrestle with the likes of Omega and Obushi just based on quality of wrestling. That wrestling is just too yeah. fast for someone over the age that he is because and I'm not going to throw a number out there. <laughs> Brother can still go. And the fact that he's in as good, good a shape, like, and I mentioned this in, in chat earlier, there are two wrestlers that I am absolutely flabbergasted with how in shape they still are and can go. One is Jericho. Cause he's pushing it. Uh, and the other is Billy Gunn. <laughs> like da- daddy ass still got it. And he's sh- more shredded than I'll ever be in my entire life. And I feel embarrassed by this. Yeah, that dude's a big boy. Big boy. So, yeah. Uh, I just enjoyed a lot of the interactions that happened in this match. Yeah, sure. I did really like the leverage spot, like you said, TBZ. That was a honk for me. <laughs> uh, the Golden Sex Gods was a honk for me. Um, What else we got? I liked Sammy getting the pin. That was a good win for Sammy in this match. Especially yeah. given all the shit that happened before that, where Jericho got the fake pin, where the ref got knocked out, and they're like, oh, he would have beat him, but he didn't. So I forgot I like where that. I heard this as well. Like, the slightly disappointing thing was majority of the story was because of Don Callis and the family. And yes. you paid off story that had to do with Jericho and Osprey instead of, I'm sorry, Jericho and uh, Guevara. Guevara, as opposed to with the other side, but hey, it is what it is, and we'll get more of both. So are you guys ready for me to reveal what I had noticed at this point uh, in, about this pay-per-view? Yeah, what well, we yes. got. The team. Everybody, who, everybody who came out second won their match. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's old school, actually. No, I I get that. Uh, it just I feel like it had been a minute since AEW really leaned into that. Like, they would throw a match in there, one or two, where it would break it up, but as of right now, every match, the person who came out second won. Yeah, so, so that's, another, that's another homage to those old pay-per-views. Because back in yeah. the olden days of WWE, when it was WWF, whoever came out second during a pay-per-view always won. So, AEW World Tag Team Championship, eh? 
We got Aussie Open versus FTR. Anybody want to jump in on that? I was just delaying my voice, hoping that the music was coming in the background um, <laughs> and not trampling all over it. Um, but like I said before, what I got out of this match is what I was expecting and hoping for for the match previous. Um, and it was it was a lot of fun. Top rope spot from um, Dax, but or from, from Cash, I mean. Um, and then we had the super big, big breakup. But um, Mark Davis took a nasty bump and kind of hurt himself pretty bad, it looks like. Oh, he broke his wrist. I think Mark Davis broke his wrist in the match. If you didn't, if you couldn't tell that during the match. Oh, yeah. The way he was holding, the way his wrist was so limp, the way he wasn't able to lift and do certain things. um, I thought that was kayfabe, honestly. Well, certain things you can and you can make it work, but there are other things that's like. All right. Well, you should. No, he, be doing he, stuff that he definitely way. did break his. He definitely did break his wrist. Like they, I, that was one of the things that was cleared and announced. I guess this yeah. is a comment to show that AEW has really been leaning into realistically looking injuries, and at this point, the lines are so blurred for me. I'm just like, yeah, it's probably kayfabe. But in, I guess there wasn't anything in the match where they were like where they were working the arm or he was doing something to get to a point where he was going to overcome not being able to use it. It was just like, you can see he was favoring it and how he was in the ring. He was just like, Oh, his left, his left like wrist and arm is just limp. He's not, he's not walking right. And then they tried to do, I'm not sure what the move is called, like the double, like pump handle, like flip. And like, he couldn't use his weight of his, he couldn't use the weight of his shoulder to lift him up the same height as Kyle Fletcher. And I was like, as you said that, I did note that move looked a little awkward. I'm like, guys, you're your finisher. You made the shatter machine look better than this. Yeah, so that was it. And I'm still blown away that I think Kyle Fletcher is um, is uh, dating a sky blue. So that that's that's why I'm into this them a little bit. But going back to what Joe said a while ago, with knowing what was going to happen with this match because of what happened with the Bucks. Yeah. There isn't anything with W that AEW did over the last few weeks with story to make me believe Aussie was ever going to win anyway. So, like, I'll push, but like, the, my point was, is I didn't think that they had a chance going in. Like, so it didn't matter that they, you know, showed us their hand, I guess. Yeah, but it, for me, it's it's a matter of breaking immersion, right? So, like, I, we, I got it, you, but I kind of disaffected for me. You know, I got you. And this is this is the whole smart mark thing, right? Like, you can know what's going to happen, but I still like to be in the moment when I'm watching that pay-per-view. I want to believe in the storytelling of the match. I want to, I want to feel in that moment, even if I, you know. Well, they removed all doubt is what you're saying. Like they just, yeah, you had, they had a, Hey, I know, I know this is going to happen. And then they're like, well, if this happens, at least I'm going to at least question it going in. And they, they removed that for you. So I got you. I got you. Yeah, and I mean, and that's it, right? Like, and that's uh, and that's all I mean to say is like, and I think it's obvious that they were planning to do that for a while because now that uh, CM Punk is gone, this is a chance for them to start burying some of that stuff because people have been commenting since then. When are we going to see these two teams have a match again? Is there still heat between them? Like, and this is sort of a way to like bury that, right? Uh, or at least move people away from that conversation because I think that's kind of important. 
Yeah, we'll see what happen. We'll see what happens with them because I feel bad with the injury that we won't see them for a little while. Um, but hey, just when they were starting with, to get some momentum, man. <laughs> more time with Sky Blue. There you go. I, I give this match four honks. It was a great I match. Had, Loved I it. Had the tree. I had the tree. Fair I nice. gave it two. Main event time, boys. We made it. It's the TNT Championship. Two out of three falls. Darby Christian Cage versus Darby Allen. See what I did there? Yes, you yeah. did. I guess they, we know who's taking that belt home, baby. I will say, though, they did also mention that, which I didn't like because uh, I maybe be an Excalibur, but he was just like Christian Cage exercising his champion's right to come out first. Typically, the champs come out second in AEW, and I'm like, shame on you. That's not always the case. Don't be p- trying to push that story, sir. But they made you think about it. They're like, hey, it is weird that then, you know, eh. Luchasaurus still on side with Christian Cage, I guess. His Jedi mind trick powers are still fully functioning. I'm I'm actually a little surprised about that. We could talk about that during the finish. Like, I thought that was going to be going somewhere and we'd see maybe some cracks in the armor or something during this pay-per-view. But we didn't see that. And uh, but we also didn't get a chance to see that because as soon as. Uh, Cage comes out, he sends Luchasaurus away, sends him to the back, you know, and there you go. Um, and then Alan comes out by himself, no stinger in sight, which, okay, I get it. Oh, Nick Wayne, he hugged him and then they left. Yeah, which, you know, in again, interestingly enough, um, He's but, in it looked like, but it looked like they wanted to do like a 1v1. Okay, I'm here for that storytelling, right? Um, and I thought it was interesting that because this is also a hometown pay-per-view for Darby Allen. This is where he's from, just as much as Swerve is because, you know, don't forget they all came up together. Right? Yeah. Um, and so, like, there's a story and heat and heaviness to it where Darby wants to win in front of his hometown, you know, fans, and he wants to do it by beating Christian Cage handily. Right? And I will yeah. say that probably my first, my first, like, highlight of this match was the very first pin. He hockey fought him. He pulled that stupid turtleneck over his head, and it made yeah. me so damn happy. Honk. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I overall gave this match three honks. Um, I liked it. Uh, I was impressed with how fast Darby did get that first pin. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. You're not going to do this. Let's wrestle for 50 minutes and then do a quick one, two, three out. Uh, there's even a moment where uh, Darby... Had a really close two fall after he got the code red on Christian. Uh, I thought that was it. I was like, oh, my God, are they going to do it? They're <laughs> just going to pull two and out. Uh, but no, no, uh, still going. So two honks there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Mr. Rizzo, you have anything to say about this match? Well, we got to my first honk already with the turtle deck. But before we got to the second one, we got a, a bunch of like nasty stairs in the way. Yes. Um, so like. Um, and then things got really nasty with the gurney and all that fun stuff. Before things I, got can, crazier than that. But yeah, we'll, is, we'll get is, to the. This is my one finger wag though of the entire match, and this is something that I, I don't like when they do this. Um, it was a good spot and a fit for the characters, but it's one of those things where like there was no interaction. So you have Christian Cage going around wanting to like absolutely destroy Darby Allen in this match, and he's cutting the ring, he's pulling it back, he's pulling back the padding bringing it down to bare slats and like i like when they do that but there wasn't even any attempts of any of the officials and there was a lot of them at ringside 
to interact with him at all. Like, and he's a heel. He's supposed to be a heel. I get that. But show me somebody getting in his face and him shoving them away or doing something. Give me some acknowledgement that they see what he's doing. You know, not that they're like, you can see them moving out of his way and stuff like that. It's another thing. And maybe it's a nitpicky thing for me to, that they take, it takes me out of the match because it's just like, that sort of breaks the mystique of it a little bit for me. Even if the ref was just complaining about it the whole time next yes. to him, that would work. But Something. TVZ? I'm just going to push back here. Uh, it didn't like, I mean, I wasn't like, this was the best angle ever. I, I I didn't care for it. Like I wasn't like, Oh, this is so awkward or whatever. I was like, yeah, I mean, this is whatever. Um, Joe, you're all like, Oh, they should, you know, stop him or whatever. He was no. never being a, there should be some interaction or acknowledgement. No, he just means like okay to add to the realism of like some interference. He just uh, not giving him free reign to do whatever he wants with the ring. Just well, that's what I was going to say. Is that he, he didn't actually do anything to Darby after they all attended to Darby. He backed away and then just was like, "I'm gonna do other stuff now." He never got in their way, so I guess that's why I didn't care that they didn't interact with them because a match is happening. They knew this two out of three falls match is happening, so they're trying to make sure Darby can keep going. Uh, on a pay-per-view, no less. So, I don't know. For me, it was it was just... I didn't see too big of an issue with it. I, I will say that the frog splash onto the gurney was probably one of my honks for this one as well. <laughs> like, it was just, it was very well executed. It looked visceral. It looked nasty. Um, I, but I'm a little mad that- at the refs during that moment because if you go back and look, you can see how everything kind of, like like crumbled in a way where Darby's pinning Christian. He should have got a second fall there on the outside. Just saying, or is it not false count anywhere? Is it got to be in the ring? It's not false count anywhere. Ring. It has to be in the ring. Yep. All right. (laughs) So, and then you get, you get him, he comes in, he drags him back in crowds, booing crowds in and on this moment. He's got the heat. He's got Nick Wayne's mother yelling at him, hits the kill switch on the wooden boards Allen kicks out of the kill switch from the boards. Absolutely love it. That crowd pop was absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. To quote Mr. Rizzo, has oh! <laughs> <laughs> nobody kicked out of that? Well, no, uh, not on not, some boards. Not, an, not well, not on AEW yet either. Nobody's kicked out of the kill switch on AEW. See, it was a powerful move. Good way to protect it. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think it, I think it's fine. I think it's good, and it no, shows no, sort of the desperation, exactly. right? It was great storytelling, right? When you yeah. when when finishers get get not protected like that, and they do it in an important way, it always feels good. And this is mm-hmm. definitely one of those moments. Yep. Um, the moment with the scorpion deathlock uh, was really really great, um, where you have it's Cage putting it on Darby, uh, forcing the yep. rope break. Uh, you get the coffin drops, can't get the pin going on there. Uh, and then you have Cage taking out the ref with the spear, which is okay. It's a thing that happens. Um, yeah, insanity. Isn't this what you're talking about, Mr. Rizzo? That chaoticness? Yes. But my my problem with that is the moment that this happens, again, all those officials were just hanging around the ringside. It, it's it, it's a weird moment to have that that early or have it that that point and not have somebody else come in. But it is what it is. I'll say the biggest shock for me was the Nick Wayne spot at the end. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, it's just more of Christian Cage's Jedi mind powers. It's, he's, it? I want to. I want to. I'll take a stab at this one. That was just like, I yeah. think he's still just fed up 
at Darby for the way he treated A.R. Fox after he attacked him and still being friends with him and still being cool with him. And he's just like, dude, no, I'm 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 not really cool with you anymore. Uh-huh. And then Christian Cage started throwing some stuff into his brain. But what do you got, Joe? Well, I would believe that and I'd be on board with it if the match that we didn't talk about didn't happen this night, which is Nick Wayne versus Luchasaurus. And that match where Luchasaurus destroys Nick Wayne at the behest of Cage. So, like, this is this is that moment, right? Like, where I'm sitting there, like, it just felt weird to have him switch like that after that just happened. And then I have him come out and stand next to it. And I've had some people like I, I that I talk with about the stuff like, Oh, it was like, they were jumping him into the club. And it's like, no, that's, that's it. It doesn't feel if good. You can't beat him. Join him. <laughs> is that, is that where, is that where he's at? And then he's going to need to get brainwashed by someone else to become a baby face. Cause it's really weird. I, for as, Kind of young as, well, not kind of, for how young Nick Wayne is, I understand the athleticism and I think he's great. I want more character or oh, yeah, 100%. From him. And him doing that is going to give me enough to maybe see well, some levels or he's, layers with him. So we'll see where it is. But I mean, behind, behind, the, behind the ropes or, or you, know, you know, backstage, you know, the reality is. Christian Cage is going to wind up mentoring Nick Wayne, right? He's Nick Wayne is the new jungle boy. He's going to be the one that gets picked up. He's going to be taught the ropes. He's going to be taught how to handle a mic. Uh, He needs that because Darby is good with what Darby does. Sting is good at what Sting does. They are very much alike in their ring presence, but that doesn't work for Nick Wayne. So I understand why they did it behind the scenes. I guess it didn't turn me off enough because when it happened, it kind of made sense for me of what also was going to happen. Like going into this match, knowing what the finale was, there was some anticipation of somebody else showing up. And then the way the match ended and I'm really bad at this, but I'm constantly looking at my clock. I'm going, well, they got eight minutes. Yep. That's when the match is over and Christian Cage is doing stuff on the side, or Nick Wayne's there, and I'm like, like I said, they got eight minutes. What we, what they got, they got time to do this. And when Nick Wayne turned, and I'm like, well, the, now the numbers work. Now I know no one else thought about that, but to me, I was like, well, now it's three on three. And I know we we've been sick of Darby and Sting versus Luchasaurus and Christian for a while now. But like, I'm like, okay, well, at least we got the three on three with. Adam Copeland showing up, which I mean, we knew, we knew we knew it was going to happen, no but it bro. felt damn good. I'm not going to lie. Like AEW just got another Adam. Too many Adams. Adam. I'm I'm okay with it though. Um, and the 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 thing that gets me about it too is just the raw excitement that he has being in there. Like you can see it on his face. And this is another thing. Well, we can talk about the media scrum with him later, but like, uh. Him showing up, him walking into the ring, him staring Christian down, him holding his hand out for the uh, the steel cage to give the concerto, uh, which, you know, was his thing. Uh, and then going to town felt really, really good. Um, and I, I'm here for a feud between him and Christian. 
Yeah, we'll Because it's going to be fire. It's going to be fire. Right? Should be good. And then the media scrum, uh, I thought was funny, too, because uh, this match had some of the other decent fallout. Like, Darby Allen is not actually injured, but he played it off like he had an injury. So he shows up to the media scrum after this match with a like an arm in a sling and, like, wrapped up. Uh, and Tony Khan, you can see the look on his face, like, nobody told me about this. Holy shit, is he injured? What's going on? Like, going into executive mode, not realizing that he just got marked, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> he said he was going to check out, get checked out by the doctors for x-rays before the morning. He's going to meet with the guy for the training for going to uh, climb Mount Everest. And the other thing he said that was just kind of funny about that scrum was, was he talking about Sting or was he talking about Christian Cage that if he's like, he's going to win the title off him, but if he, he's going to sign a will. So if he dies, when he climbs Mount Everest, he'll give him the belt back. Like, I think, I don't know who he was specifically talking to, but he, he mentioned that. And then, yeah, they also talked about the, the opening sequence with the car and them filming that in Seattle. Oh, that video cool. package was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and, and that was the other thing, like seeing Adam Copeland uh, on the, the immediate scrum afterwards and how genuinely excited he was to be there and to work with Sting and to work with Darby Allen, because apparently Darby was the one leading him around Seattle and like showing him where to hide and everything like that. Fantastic. And like, I, it's been a long time since I think Adam Copeland's been excited to do anything in wrestling because judgment don't forget we can go back to wwe judgment day was his and then he walked away from it and stepped down because he knew his contract was ending gave it over to let finn balor take that spot which finn balor needed let's be honest he needed something like that um and I he think, just kind of faded away into the background i think recently he might have said something along the lines of randy orton's injury and then something else happened had him leaving the judgment day like a year earlier than was planned and i don't remember yes. what it was yeah, it was the Orton thing. Um, yeah, that because yeah. there there's a joke, there's a joke meme going around with Randy Orton and everybody he's done the uh done an injury to has now showed up in AEW. Um <laughs> But I'm excited did, for that. I did like how in the media scrum Adam Copeland's like, I'm excited to work for all these new cool talents, like insert all former WWE superstars. <laughs> it's like name somebody that's on the AEW roster. <laughs> Well, someone else. I can't wait to work with Claudio or Samoa Joe. Or- he never, he never got to work with them. Yeah, well, I, I get that, but it was just out. like he he named all the WWE guys that came over. I, he named sure Nick Wayne a, and whatnot. But I'm not sure if it was a podcast or if an interview. He said something about like New Japan with AEW, and he's like, you know, I'd be I'd be open to working with Okada in the in the in the Tokyo Dome. And I'm like, yeah, and who wouldn't? Like, what kind of a stupid <laughs> thing would that? You know one of the greatest wrestlers in Japan? I'd like to wrestle him at the at a WrestleMania. Like, yeah, everyone but, would. Like, but that door's but that door's open to him now when it wasn't before, right? Yeah, like, I, know, I know, I know. Yeah. But I'm like, he picked the one guy. I was like, yeah, shit. I think everyone would want to have that match. But yeah, get in line. I want to see Danielson Okada too first. Okay, so a great <laughs> like get in line. <laughs> a great pay per view, an excellent wrestle dream, if I do say so myself. Edge it felt like a dream. To AEW confirmed. Welcome, Adam Copeland. And I do, uh, one last thing, I do think it's funny that all the wrestlers have a hard time calling him anything other than Edge. <laughs> I mean, MJF has that problem during the media scrum. I love that. Yep. MJF's um, like Edge, and then Tony Khan's like Ah, Adam Copeland. Eventually, Tony Khan just gave up. <laughs> <laughs> a little spoiler yeah. for Dynamite: uh, Kenny Omega introduced himself on TV and. Uh, 
had said, you know, Adam, it's really nice to meet you. When you came out here last week, I was really at the edge of my seat. Ah, and yeah. I was like, the crowd popped for it. And that's the only thing I saw from the show before I turned it off. I'm uh, glad they let him play his old music, too. I because that music it. gets me hyped. Well, he owns it. He owns it because he, he's friends with Alter right. Bridge. I'm um, glad that that yeah, is. Yeah. So Alter Bridge owns the rights to it. And they have to, and they have to give him the, the okay for it. I thought it was funny, though. There's a video out there of him coming out of gorilla position. And you see Dax and Hardwood in the back, like, giddy, jumping up and down because they're so excited that he's there. Like, it was, it was such a wholesome moment. Yep. I love me some Dax. Dax is cool. I love it. Yeah, awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Good stuff. Yeah, F- fantastic wrestling. But uh, as as all good dreams, they must come to an end. And you then, mean. then you wake up and you know you you're like, oh my ear, I slept on it weird. I got this weird sound in my ear. I, I don't know, Mister Rizzo, do you hear this? It's the NXT minute. Oh. It's been a few weeks since I recapped NXT, and a lot has happened. Just this weekend, Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton had a hardcore match as Becky retained her title and Trick Williams became the new NXT North American Champion after defeating Dirty Dominic Mysterio. This week, we have the start of the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. My pick to win it all, Kalani Jordan, got the first W over Izzy Dame. More on the ladies in NXT as Thea Hale has left Chase U and with a new look is now under the wing of JC Jane. Yep. Triple threat between Indy Hartwell, Lyra Valkyria, Lyra Valkyria, and Roxanne Perez with the winner facing Becky Lynch on the next PLE. Lyra gets the victory. Ilya Dragunov, the czar of NXT, has begun his reign as the new NXT champion with his victory over Carmelo Hayes at No Mercy. Baron Corbin is next. Main event of the evening is a rematch for the NXT North American title. Trick Williams could not compete with all of Judgment Day, and after two days, Dirty Dominic is again the champion. But wait, there's more! With NXT and AEW both running shows on Tuesday next week, we have a lot to look forward to. NXT advertised Asuka, John Cena, and Roman Reigns, and so far we have AEW Adam Copeland's first match against Luchasaurus. Can't wait. Oh, that was definitely over a minute. Sorry. A lot a lot of NXT. I mean, that was a pay-per-view that you did in a minute. I cut a lot, a lot out. I a did lot, notes, a lot, cut a lot out. Like a lot, a lot. And then John Cena decided that he was, they're going to advertise him coming on the show next week. And then Cody Paul coming Heyman, on next week too? Or is that, was that yesterday or okay. Tuesday of the previous week? That was a I while ago. Raw, okay. I thought on Raw they said Cody was going to have an announcement on NXT. I think that may have been. I, mean, I, I don't think so. I missed it if that's what happened and I don't notice, but um, we had, oh, I got to take a breath after doing it. It, it um, Yeah, <laughs> no, but the fact that they had Paul Heyman to end the show talking crap about how Braun Breaker's getting advice from Roman Reigns and he'll be in his corner as well. So NXT is going to be hot next week because they're both on Tuesday competing. It'll be interesting to see how the ratings shake out. Let us know, Brandon Thurston. Yeah, I think it's because of uh, baseball. But I also believe that this is something that Dynamite's going to have to deal with in the future. They got some NBA games that they got on Wednesday. So I don't know if this is going to be a trend that they'll do down the road of moving it to the Tuesday to compete with NXT. But with the merger and them knowing about it, WWE was like, all right, you're going to be on Tuesday? Hold my beer. We're going to put these guys on the show. Check it out. <laughs> Check it out. 
So I don't know what else Dynamite's going to do, but they got, you know, Adam's first match against Luchasaurus. They'll probably do something else to pop a rating to compete with them. And now that I got my two TVs set up, I can watch both at the same time and just switch the audio back and forth. Oh, it's going to be fun. You know, all this talk about stuff you're excited for just reminds me that it's time for the toe. It's our Tope Suicida moment of the week. Where we explain or tell you about a few things that we think you should check out in this past week or in the future weeks of wrestling. I'm going to take the reins so no one takes mine, and that way I can say it was me who said it. I'm excited for DIY. I'm excited to see what they say. Like I said earlier, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, but man, if they do knock it out of the park and they actually lean into this, it's going to be fun, and I'm excited for that. What about you, Mr. Joe? I mean, honestly, and I never thought I would say this, I am potentially excited for something coming up on WWE's card. Uh, and That is going to be uh, the John Cena and LA Knight versus the Bloodline, because I really, really like LA Knight. Yeah. 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 Mr. Rizzo. Uh, I think I might run with the ESW paper, the ESW show that's going to happen in November with the steel cage match. Um, I could talk about the, the Netflix show of wrestlers. Um, but I, I also, uh, I want to talk RJ city. Can you watch the RJ city stuff? Hey, the interviews, EW, hey, EW is, it's just so much fun. They had edge and Christian or not. They had, wow. Hey. Wow, they had a, they didn't have Edge and Christian. They had the Hardy right. Boys, and uh, I, <laughs> I think that's funny that I I mixed those guys up when I was trying to explain the other. Listen, but, uh, all I'm all I'm saying is we're very very close to having a TLC match with the original TLCs because I'm just saying, uh, Brother Devon showed up for Impact 1000. Would you end up having the? F- Okay, sorry, we're going into the nation real quick, but do you think they would they would shoehorn the Bucks into that with all four of them? No, no, uh, I think I think that Tony Khan would be smart enough to know that if he advertised uh, a pay per view or something with the original trio for the TL, for a TLC match, just that three that would sell that would sell out by itself. It's true. <laughs> I say you do something crazy. Put it in two rings. Add the Lucha, add, add the the FTR and the Bucks on either side, and let's have some fun. All games, blood yeah. and guts. Yeah. Uh, too much nation of speculation to end the show. Sorry, folks. <laughs> we get we like to have fun. Well, Hawkers, Joe, Mister Rizzo. Thank you for coming along on this magical journey through the subjective art form of professional wrestling. Check us out at Wrestling Honks on both formerly known as Twitter and Blue Sky. Thanks to yours truly, Joe. Uh, check us out, Honk If You Love Wrestling, uh, at YouTube, uh, Instagram, and TikTok. And, and email uh, us at Honk If You Love Wrestling at Gmail. Indeed. Indeed. If you got something to say, you don't like how the episode went, you want to say something and have it on the episode, send us an email. We'll read it. We'll be glad to respond. And um, Joe, you got anything to plug? 
Absolutely, because I am a man of many podcasts. So if you're into the gaming sphere, you can go ahead and head over to blizzardwatch.com and check out one of my many podcasts, whether it's the Blizzard Watch podcast, the Lore Watch podcast, or the Tavern Watch podcast. We talk about tabletop gaming and actually have live play sessions of D&D and other games. Uh, Lore Watch, where we talk about the story behind video games as well as other things uh, and why it's important and why story matters. You might find some wrestling comments in there as well if you go and listen. And then the Blizzard Watch podcast, if you happen to be in any of Blizzard's IPs or enjoy any of their games, be sure to check those out. And uh, you can find me on socials pretty much everywhere as LoaderZJ, L-O-D-U-R-Z-J. Swing on by, say hi. Thank you, Joe. Mr. Rizzo. Uh, I didn't realize you were part of so many podcasts, and I'm kind of upset that I didn't know this. Oh, I mean, I could go so through a laundry I'm list. That, I'm glad that you many. promoted them, and they'll be in the podcast for me to check out on my own. And that's how I'm going to do it, because uh, I thought you were kind of joking before, but like, yeah, I've done something. No, you, th- that's all you do. I'm, the, you, I'm, also, I'm also a f- I'm also a former podcast co-host of the Raid Warning Podcast, which has previous endeavors like, I don't know, live recordings at PAX, uh, you know, conventions and stuff like that. This is not my first rodeo, and I'm I'm happy to be here and help you guys out because I've been shouting your stuff out as well. Excellent. Well, glad to hear it. I'm going to start uh, checking some of those out as well. Um, kind of upset I was a little in the dark with some of this stuff, to be completely honest on my end. <laughs> That's why I was like, oh, shit, I miss all this stuff. But uh, thanks for being on the show. We got to have you more talking wrestling. And uh, yeah, just great. Good times. Good times. And to all those honkers out there, honk. 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 Don't get like it's hot.